0: Hi, welcome to today's episode of the Profit Productivity Podcast. It's your host, Michael Tipper. Who else would it be? Now, last week, I was exploring the various options about how to decide what we should do next, what I should do next, what you should do next in your list of things to do. And I talked about the concept of the main thing, which is something that Stephen Covey made famous or popularized when he said that the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing and when I am delivering my power focus seminars I talk about the concept of time management and how it is impossible to manage time the only thing we can manage is what we focus on and so how do we choose what we should focus on well the fundamental problem that we have is our hardwiring, our survival mechanism, means that we are very easily distracted. We like novelty. We are drawn to novelty automatically. Why is that? Well, back in the day before we had the society we have today, when we were hunting the savannah for food in our small tribal groups, then the ability to spot things that were new was something that kept us alive because something new could potentially mean the presence of a threat and we were hardwired automatically to spot that novelty to see what was there assess it as a threat or not to see whether we kicked in the fight or flight all that happens automatically without us thinking about it and we still have that same neurology that same psychology that same physiology today we're in a much more relatively safe environment we don't have to go and hunt for our food. Very rarely are we under threat, although there are parts of the world where that isn't uh, necessarily the case. Um, however, if you live in a westernized democracy somewhere, it's likely that you are in a relatively safe place. You're very rarely to be under attack. But we've still got our physiology that's primed for that. So the reason why we often struggle to choose things that are productive to us is because we're drawn to novelty we're drawn to new things and then we're hardwired to procrastinate as well and we get reward for doing little things so with all the stuff i've done recently with the research i've done by looking at deep work by cal newport and the other things clearly if we're going to make progress these days then the more meatier tasks we do the more meatier projects we engage in the bigger things that we can create the more fulfilled and rewarding life we're going to be that, that we're going to have and the more of an impact that we can have on the world. So this concept of the main thing is really quite important and I use it as a way of reminding people who come to my seminars and my webinars that we've really got to focus on what the main thing is. But how do you choose that main thing? Well, last week I looked at the importance of having uh, values, the importance of maybe the wheel of life, um, goals are important I don't think I explored that in as much detail as I, I needed to but we are under complete control about what we do next and so it's almost a primary question what do you do right now there are things that you could do there are things that you should do and there are things that you maybe must do so something that you could do could be anything from the vast range of options that you have and you could randomly pick something and get on with it the problem with that is that often we are drawn to doing the easy things, the simple things, as a way of making some sort of progress and to feel good about what we're doing. But isn't that, that isn't always necessarily the right thing for us to do. Now there are things that sometimes you must do right now. And often these are things that are urgent, response, uh, things that you have to respond to, things that just suddenly come up. So if you have a child and they're in school and taken ill, you must go and pick them up and look after them. There is no doubt about that. So it's very much a reactive Um, element of things that we could do and then you've got the things that you should do now the should is very as long if you think if you know of transaction analysis is very parental very critical parents you should do this what I mean by should these are the things that in line with what you're trying to achieve this would be the best thing for you to do right now so in looking at the best thing there's a balance between being reactive or being proactive So let's just have a look at this best thing main thing in the context of work. So there are, based on, I've done a number of webinars and a number of seminars recently and talking to different people in different sorts of roles, it becomes quite clear that the main thing may have different qualities for different types of roles, for different types of environments. And just for simplicity's sake, let me try and explain the two extremes or the two different high-level groupings of what the main thing might be and this is in the context of the workplace so our, so your main thing might be that you need to keep something running or conversely your main thing that might be that you need to get something started so the first one keeping running is about process getting something started is about projects Um, The first one, process, might be transacting, doing things that need to be repeated over and over again. The second one, looking at getting something going and projects, that could be about translating an idea that doesn't exist into something that does exist. So you've got these two extremes. One is about projects, one is about process. Uh, Is it keeping things running or is it um, keep getting something going? And depending on the role, You might find yourself in one of those two camps. Or, which is more likely to be the case, is you might find yourself with feet in both camps. You may need to do things to put things in place to make things happen, but also you've got to keep things running while you're doing it. And you may need to leapfrog between the two. And I think this recognising of when to leapfrog between the two is probably a key skill to be able to develop in becoming more productive, especially in this concept of the main thing because it's very easy for us to react and get involved in transacting stuff as opposed to taking a step back and thinking about the longer term benefits. By the way, our motivation is driven for the here and now. We are very much a creature of the here and now in the way our brains are structured. So we're gonna be drawn to the short term. Actually planning for the long term is not something that we naturally do. I think that this leapfrogging between the two. So creating a project that puts in place a process which you can then keep ticking over. Then go back to the next project to put the next process in place to keep that ticking over. Occasionally you may need to take a project in order to refine a process that you then keep ticking over. That's certainly how I like to think of the way I've worked because I've realized um, when I've worked in large organizations that you can't just transact if you're working at a particular level anyway. Um, you do need to put things in place so that transactions can be enabled. And so that leapfrogging between the two and knowing when to switch. Um, I think, if I think back to this concept of the main thing and how do you choose stuff, I think Stephen Covey, who talked about the main thing, also identified the, um, in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, that age, time timeless, age-old classic of developing yourself and functioning as a, as, a, as a human being in that book he talked about one of his habits was put first things first and this is essentially identifying what it is you need to do interesting enough in the version of the book I've got which is like nearly 30 years old um, it doesn't mention the main things so I think that's probably something he introduced later on um, in subsequent versions of this book. But he talked about putting first things first. And he's got this uh, the four quadrants, which is a, a matrix of things that are urgent versus things that are important. So along the, along the top, you've got urgent and not urgent. This is a four-box model. Down the side, you've got important and not important. And he labelled them quadrant one, two, three, and four. Quadrant one, quadrant one is the important and urgent stuff. And this is things like crisis, pressing problems, and um, the reactive stuff. Um, Quadrant two was the important but not urgent. This is the long-term stuff, this is relationships, this is planning, this is putting into, this is putting in place the facility to be able to do what you want to do. He calls that the PC um, uh, enabler. Then you've got the not important. Now we should really discard not important because we shouldn't be doing things that aren't important to do. Now, there's a balance between urgency and not urgency at the important level, but should we be involved in not important? Well, they're there because we're drawn to them. His Level 3 quadrant, which is the urgent but not important. Again, this is more reactive stuff, but these might be some phone calls, some emails, some meetings, and these are interruptions. And then finally, you've got the not urgent, not important. This is basically trivia and pleasurable uh, pursuits. But if we stay in the important level uh, and assume that we're going to resist the distractions then we're going to find ourselves flip-flopping between urgent and not urgent and this is the um, the reactive and proactive element and there's a bit of a dichotomy here when it comes to this if you think about reacting to something you something comes up that you need to go and deal with now often That urgency is created because something hasn't been thought through ahead of time and it's reacting to that and often we don't go upstream to identify what was the cause of that because often some of the reactive stuff can be fixed and not occur again because the reaction is often a symptom of a deeper problem. We deal with the symptom because it's obvious, we don't have to think so much about it. We get in there, we sort that out and then we move on to the next thing. But actually it's symptomatic, not problematic. And so getting to the problem, the root cause of that, which is a more proactive approach, would prevent the reactivity happening. But what tends to happen is that we're so busy reacting to what's going on because of all the variables that are involved, because of all the things that have been missed before, because of things that just suddenly come up as a good idea, that we don't have enough time to proact, to fix those problems that are causing us to react. And there's this dichotomy, and I've seen that in myself sometimes, I've seen that in many of the organisations I've worked in. Now it still doesn't answer the question, how do we choose our main thing? And I don't know whether I'm fooling myself in trying to find the right answer, because I don't necessarily think there is a right answer. I think the right answer is the best answer for the time, given the context that you find yourself in. Finding something, choosing something to do that in the best of your ability, the best information you have at the moment is the main thing for you. And make a decision and going with that is probably the best thing that you can do. Now, sometimes that, you might get that wrong. But I think the key thing for us is that, certainly for me, is I sometimes find myself paralyzed by trying to work out what to do next. Running with something until it comes to a conclusion where I finished it or I realized actually I need to be working on something different because of the context has changed. That commitment to doing something creates that momentum that develops the skills to be able to deal with something when you do choose the right thing. So the answer to the question, still isn't clear for me yet. I'm still pondering on this it. about how to define this. And I'm doing this for myself, but also thinking, well, how do I help someone? If I keep banding this thing, oh, the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing, then how, if I'm going to say that, how do I help people choose that? And so I'm going through this process just to work out for myself, what's the best form of advice? I don't think there is single answer. I think there's a certain framework we can identify, uh, we can go through and work through to come up with a best decision. Sometimes it might be bleeding obvious but as I said before is that often we are seeing symptoms not problems when they hit our inbox. So I think I need to do some more research. Now one of the places I'm going to go to next is I'm going to keep playing around with this in the context of myself and identifying what's my main thing. I've established my main thing for for uh, for the next three months and worked out the order I'm going to do them. But I'm not sure how I did that because I can't really describe that process to give a process to someone else. So this is what I'm looking at doing is how to create that process such that you can work through it to come up with a main thing to focus on. So I'm going to reach out to a book called The One Thing The Surprisingly Simple Truth Behind Extraordinary Results by Gary Keller with Jay Papasan. It was a New York Times bestseller and a Wall Street Journal bestseller as well. And it's a book often quoted by uh, many effective people. And so I'm going to dip into this and see if there's a process in there. Now I already know there's one thing in here which is called a focusing question which is about asking yourself a question which essentially says what's the one thing that if you did right now would render everything else you need to do um, irrelevant. So that's the one thing I've taken away from this book, having read it already. But I'm going to go back into it and see if I can process, find a, a simple process or series of processes about how to define the main thing. So that's today's episode. Until tomorrow.